I'm Taylor Stafford, and this is Talk Taboo. Yeah! Come on over! We ask a lot of people if they like their ass or tush. <laughs> we really are breaking down stigmas. <laughs> it's everything sex. All right, so I'm going to introduce you. We are on the air with Sherry Aiken, who is a nurse practitioner in a gynecology office and a sex therapist. Hi, everyone. This is Sherry Aiken coming live with Taylor Stafford coming live in my home. In her home, in her robe. This is how we like to be. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. But all of your sex questions finally will be answered. I've been talking about you because everyone's been sending in sex questions, mm -hmm. like orgasm questions and all these things. And I'm like, God, we just need to wait for Sherry to answer these questions. And I was like, she'll be on here eventually, I swear. They're here I am. Here you are. Let's talk about orgasm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first question. I got this question so long ago. But I've never been able to orgasm from penetration before. Am I weird? What the heck is going on with nah. me? Mm -hmm. Common question. Common question. Common question They're in gynecology kind of like or in sex therapy. Yeah. So here's the thing. When you look at the data around uh, anorgasmia is the clinical definition. Not being able to orgasm. Not being able to orgasm. There are theories as to mm -hmm. why that happens. One of the, the, the suggested theories is this, that there is a measurement between the opening of the vagina mm -hmm. called the introitus right. and the clitoral head. Okay. Depending on the length of that, mm -hmm. during intercourse, it's not stimulated. Right, because it goes down the entire vagina. Yeah, the well, head outside of, the, of the vagina. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, one, it could be anatomical. Okay. Two, it could be positional. How often is it anatomical? Well, if we look at the research on how many women are not having orgasm, you mm -hmm. can read seventy to eighty percent. Right. With intercourse. Right. With intercourse. Right. Okay. So when you look at the method around how people are having their sexual encounter as well, mm -hmm. so if you look at the actual arousal time from the time a female is feeling kind of aroused, like foreplay, foreplay mm -hmm. feeling aroused to intercourse, this time is often very short. Right. Sometimes, you know, it's less than seven minutes. Sometimes oh. it can be a little longer, but if you look at heightened state of arousal, mm -hmm. of the female anatomy of arousal, mm -hmm. often it takes up to 45 minutes to fully ignite the like arousal system. Okay. Because you get, you get vulvar swelling mm -hmm. because of the tissue that right. surrounds the vulva mm -hmm. um, that actually can really touch the clitoral root nerve that's mm -hmm. about seven inches long. It's not just the clitoral head. You get right. periurethral swelling. You also get perianal swelling. Oh, I didn't know about the anal swelling. Oh, yes. Swelling. You have this spongiosa tissue that's oh. between the vagina and inside the anal canal. Oh. So between, if you put your finger in your vagina mm -hmm. and inside the rectum, the anal area, right. there's a tissue right there. And it's the same tissue that's in the, the penis that makes it erect. Right. Spongiosa, so you have, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. We did a whole anatomy podcast. Yeah, you did. We so should know what that is. On embryonic development, <laughs> yeah. it's the same, right? right. It's the right. same. One goes in, one goes out. Right. Same tissue. <laughs> 
it does the same thing. So women are often engaging in intercourse way before they're fully aroused. Right. So if it takes on average 45 minutes, and then it could I be thought it was 30. No, 45 oh. minutes. It depends on whose research you look up. Right. So right, Rutgers, right. I would say, you know, 45 right. minutes. Women can look at their vulva mm -hmm. in a baseline, so before they're aroused, mm -hmm. midway, say 20 minutes later, and then look 40, 45 right. minutes later, you're gonna see the anatomical shape of your vulva completely changed. You wait until it's that way to see if possibly you might have an you're orgasm. You're like, look down, let me look, get, where's Get's the mirror? mirror, let me see Yes, absolutely. <laughs> nope, I tell, not ready I tell yet. everybody to do it. <laughs> do get those, really? I sure do. It's like, look at your vulva. <laughs> most people have a, most women have a, a, a little bit of a, uncomfortable reaction to that as well right looking at their own Look vagina at their, yeah they don't oh like yeah it. they don't like it i wonder why I know. Do you I think because there's all different kinds of vaginas? There's all sorts of. And I've never seen. I've looked at thousand vaginas. I have not <laughs> seen one that looks the same. Just like our face. Just like our face. <laughs> so because even like, twins have a different looking vulva. So. <laughs> well, everyone always thinks like the normal vagina is like small lips, pink, because that's what they see in porn. Porn. Right. Yes. And they get their vaginas actually altered. Yes, they do. So anyways, going back to orgasm. So you think we're not taking enough time to do foreplay and that's a, a big not. factor for it? Absolutely. But Absolutely. also, and I, I get this to an extent, like girls on the last podcast would be like, oh, I only orgasm if a guy is good in bed or if a guy does this. And I feel like that's okay to an extent. Yeah, we can't just have like no clitoral stimulation, expect you to orgasm. But I feel like girls, like, and I'll ask girls, okay, so do you masturbate right. when they can't right. orgasm? Mm -hmm. They're like, no. Okay, like, well, part of the problem, right? right? We have to take personal accountability for our right. own bodies and know our own bodies. It's 50-50 here. It's a total 50-50. Right. Uh, so absolutely. I mean, if if one doesn't know their own body, they're not going to be able to direct somebody else to what exactly. makes them feel good, right? Exactly. You can't teach someone how to do something if you don't know how to do it yourself. Right. And I would also say that there's no... that giving some expectation that mm -hmm. even based on what I've said, that if you get in a heightened state of arousal and you mm -hmm. get in a position that it's a guarantee to have an orgasm, right. but you'll have a better chance of having an orgasm like with if, intercourse. If you're, if you're saying it to yourself that it's a guarantee? Yeah, or? well, you know, sometimes what will happen is people will hear that, oh, I'm not in a heightened state of arousal, so mm -hmm. if I get in that, they'll have an expectation, now I'm going to have an orgasm with right. intercourse. <laughs> yeah. So I think my point that I want to just also say mm -hmm. is that not to take that, that 100% of women, if they do the 45 minutes of right. a heightened state of arousal, are going to have an orgasm. Right. But it's suggested maybe there's a better chance Increasing with intercourse. That. Absolutely. Well, I think a lot of times there's more than one thing wrong. There's, <laughs> there's a lot not, of things. Exactly. <laughs> there's not like one thing, oh, just because you have it, like you said, for 45 minutes doesn't mean you're actually going to have an orgasm. Absolutely. But I think I mean, we've gotten a lot of questions about this too, about body image issues mm -hmm. and not, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm like, focus on the task at hand. Right. We talked about this a little bit, but especially on women, but I think we're seeing a little bit on men too with erectile dysfunction of performing its mm -hmm. anxiety. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you think you have to look a certain way, do a certain way, mm -hmm. you know, please him a certain way, sound a certain way right. because of porn. Right. right. Well, of course, but also the, to answer that though too, if one is caught up in say something with body image mm -hmm. or there's anxiety, you can't get to a heightened state of arousal. Right. 
Right. So it, your it's, brain it's is your biggest sex your organ. Brain, yes. You, you can't have, it's kind of pain pleasure. Part of your arousal system when you're having a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. and cortisol, fight, flight, freeze, right. you're not going to be able to access that center. Right. So it's kind of two different things. So to reach heightened okay. state of arousal means you're present. It right. means that physiologically you're engaged. There's, mm -hmm. mind, there's a mindful awareness that, wow, I'm really engaged here. Right. When that's not happening and you're 45 minutes into it, then we need to look at the anxiety. Then we need to look at kind of what okay. what type of, you know, maybe fight, flight, freeze reaction is actually present in the moment. How detached is the person? But you can't have them both together. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Which is, could be a reason why you're not Abs orgasming. Ab absolutely. And I would say more times than anything. It, and then, of course, it doesn't have anything to do with maybe somebody's own relationship to their body mm -hmm. or to the other person, right. but that the fact that they're not really present to the experience. Because right. they're just thinking about other they're, things. Yeah. And like you said, anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing, just looking at like erectile dysfunction, uh -huh. I was talking to the fraternities about it. Uh -huh. And that's the same thing with them. It's a very same thing. Performance anxiety. Yes. I didn't realize that, I feel like boys just kind of are channeled in. They're like thinking with their penis and they go with the mm -hmm, flow. But mm -hmm. I guess that's not always a thing. Because no. you see a lot of men with erectile dysfunction a lot sex of men, therapy. A lot of men. A lot of men. Um, all ages. And, and like, every man probably at some, absolutely, at right. any time in their life can have an experience with, you mm -hmm. know, anxiety with having an erection. Right. So most erectile dysfunction is psychogenic. Right. It's a very small percent. In fact, some of the estimates are around 5% that it's actually an organic cause. Oh, wow. But of course, with the amount of men that are looking at pornography, it's really created a huge problem with erectile dysfunction. In fact, I would say that the 20, 30-something that mm -hmm. I speak to with men, um, the main problem has been erectile dysfunction. It's not testosterone levels. It's not right. thyroid issues. Um, it isn't sexual abuse issues, but right. it actually has something to do with pornography. Because they are they have to increase their threshold, right? Absolutely. Because they are constantly stimulating. We were talking about how men, or when you watch porn during mm -hmm. masturbation, you can have sex with 20, 30 yes. different people all during it. Time. Mm -hmm. All doing different things. One's right. a threesome, one's Asian, one's right. doing this. <laughs> you know, and you get in bed and you're like, oh, this is just one chick. This That's isn't right. fun. Just one vagina here? <laughs> just, yeah. What is going on? Right. Can you be all things, right. please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, when you look at masturbation mm -hmm. with a hand, the right. vagina doesn't do the same thing. Right. Right? So there's a different so there a stimulus of how uh, a man can actually hold his penis mm -hmm. and squeeze it with his hand with intensity right. versus what a vagina does. Oh, I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yes, yeah. So when you tell men to masturbate, what do you tell them to do then? Pocket pussies? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would say peel. be absent without, you know, no pornography because right. of that stimulus. So, you know, it, it, it's not that men okay. haven't masturbated forever in history, right? right. Of course, but it's the, the stimulus and the mm. amount that they're having access to the pornography and how often sometimes during the day they can be masturbating. Right. The intensity, the threshold begins to increase, right? Mm -hmm. So they squeeze harder and harder. A vagina will not do that. Right. 
Right. Do your Kegels. Maybe, your Kegels. maybe you'll get there. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> because remember, just like penises are all sizes, so our vaginas and the vaginal vault right. um, can be the link. No matter then, how much you have sex. That's right. And pelvic floor <laughs> tone. All of it's all different, right? right? Right. Yeah. Okay, so this wasn't actually a question, but since we're on the topic, this has been a thing at UNR. Men have been taking Viagra for fun. Uh-huh. Just for fun. Uh-huh. What the hell? Yeah. They're going to give themselves erectile dysfunction. Well, don't, I don't you think if you're constantly taking Viagra to have sex? Yeah, it's a vasodilator, so not necessarily. I mean, I think okay. the only concern, I did not know that. I think my only concern with that would be if there's some sort of issue that is unknown right. with vasodilation, you know, to the heart. Right. I mean, it's why men that typically are prescribed this, yeah. you know, have heart disease. So I think my only concern with that is there could be some adverse reaction oh. um, to taking right. it, that there could be some underlying cardiac anomaly anomaly that they don't know about and they vasodilate right. and have an arterial spasm go into the emergency room yeah. with a heart attack uh, or, with, or something with an erect penis with an, or, and, and no then, no yeah, doctor some, i didn't take chest viagra and, and then, yeah, <laughs> a hard penis right that they can't use so because um, i was thinking if if you're using viagra every single time you have sex then you might not be able to get it up or have no because if we look can. at if we look at men um that have had prostatectomies mm -hmm. um, and they're on Viagra on a day-to-day -day basis to help return blood flow when they've had their right. prostate out. Right. So part of the therapy, especially in the first um, you know, three to six months, they're on daily Viagra. So it doesn't change your like arousal system. Not it doesn't at all. heighten your arousal. No, it's, it's a vasodilator. Like it would be like taking it'd be like taking a vasodilator for your heart. For oh, blood pressure. I actually different. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. But it, so it just there's no issue. Viagra does has specific right. receptors. Because you're not going to take like nitro, right? And then but part of the issue with you know those types of medications too is that they're it's not just the penis that's vasodilating. It's also all the vessels everywhere in your Every, body. It's, everywhere, it's a yeah. peripherally acting. So your brain, and that's right. why men can get the blue haze. They can have they can get headaches. Okay, you know, pretty severe headaches yeah. after um, taking Viagra. Right. All right, wanna, we'll go back to females. They're more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and females are taking Viagra, too, yeah. uh, with varying yeah. degrees of, yeah. uh, you know, sort of experiences with it. Some don't have any experience, and some just say, I felt like I, it felt terrible because of the side effects to the drug. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they don't even enjoy it. Yeah, there hasn't, um, in my experience, mm. because there, there's actually a cream that I recommend right. for women who have anorgasmia. So mm -hmm. let's just talk about okay. that without yeah, orgasm. Perfect. So it's called Scream Cream. Uh, of course, right? <laughs> so it's compounded at a compounding pharmacy, and it oh, does so have funny. it has a little testosterone. It has these very potent vasodilators, okay. um, and some Viagra is actually put in that that you put on topically around oh, okay. the vulva and the clitoris to just and increase I would, blood flow. Uh, to and increase blood flow. Yeah. So it's, okay. and, and even nitric oxide, taking some nitric oxide, right. some lozenges um, can be helpful for vasodilation. Oh. Do you see a lot of women that actually have physical issues though of why they can't orgasm? Yeah. Because that would be a physical uh, issue, right. wouldn't it? I mean, you know, there's some women that the techniques that we might use mm -hmm. uh, with mindfulness, presence, embodied, mm -hmm. stimulating themselves, using okay. vibrators, dildos, right. taking their time, you know, mm -hmm. doing all of it that still are not having orgasms. Okay. These are the women that I'll often use the scream cream with. Okay. Still variable degrees of success and and okay. what's the mechanism yeah are there some neural netting mm -hmm. that they just don't get that sort of vagal brain response right. to have the the orgasm 
so the next question was, I can only have clitoral orgasms. I've never had an orgasm from penetration. Mm -hmm. And we I've talked about, you know, the G-spot and the cervical orgasms yeah. on other podcasts. Yeah. But ah, do you see a lot of people that can actually have G-spot or cervical orgasms? Well, so here, here's another thing, and you'll read different things about what this G-spot is. So mm -hmm. in sexology, you can hear, there's sometimes, there's always this two sides of the fence. One right. will say, oh no, you know, there is the spot. Put right. your finger in your vagina, yeah. you know, push upward about two yeah. inches in, there's your G-spot. Right. There's others, and I would refer to Sherry Winston. She wrote a book called Women's Anatomy of Arousal. Okay. Fantastic book, girls. Oh. Read it. Read it. And she refers to it as a location, that it includes the entire vulva, that perianal right. area, right. Um, the periurethral tissue around okay. the urethra that swells during heightened state of arousal that for women who have, you know, ejaculation. Right. It's this tissue that swells and it's a little prostate fluid and sugars okay. and things like yeah. that. And that's actually what you squirt. That's, it's not urine. That's another question. It's not urine. It's not. It's, thank if you. If you test it, it's not. There might be a little bit of urine laced in it because there were some in the bladder. It's right. periurethral well, And fluid. I said, you know, we sweat out some urine, right? So like, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's it's periurethral. They're like, yeah. oh my God. I get all this question all the time from guys. Yeah. Do they pee on me? What's in no, that? No, and I'm no, like, no. Oh, they God. should taste it and we'll see that it's not urine. <laughs> It's a little sweet. Oh my gosh, I'm totally going to say that next time I'm at a fraternity. I'm like, I don't know. Wow, taste it. Let yeah, me know. Taste it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, back in the day, uh, uh, acupuncturists, oral medical doctors would taste uh, the urine of their patients. Right? I remember so, that. Yeah. yeah, so it's not that bad, guys. Anyways, anyways. Um, so I forgot the question. We were talking about G-spot orgasms? G-spot. So location. Okay. I like to refer to it as a location because if your whole apparatus has to be working, who cares about the spot inside your vagina right. just pushing up against it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably what they're doing when they think it's just the spot, they're mm -hmm. actually creating an amazing arousal system, the whole head of the clitoris, right. the the seven inch. Exactly. They're doing right. it all and they're spending a lot of time there, right? Right. So they're getting to a heightened state of arousal. So it's a location. Right. It's the entire, I mean, it's nipples, it's brain, right. it's it's body, it's right. connection, Being it's there. present, it's all of it. Not it's checking not your spot. cell phone. Yeah. So don't get, <laughs> it's like when people get crazed over this like spot, right? So, you know, it irritates some They're like women, poking and they're the like, spot. Like, like, are you orgasm yet? I'm Have over you it now. <laughs> yeah. I'm over it now, right? Get away it's from like, the spot. Yeah. <laughs> it can become irritating because the focus isn't just, a, it, it's right. the entirety of, of a female's experience. So would you say the same thing about like a cervix? Absolutely. Getting the cervix? Absolutely. Yeah, there's the thing about whether women have, you know, um, cervical orgasms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's technically And the again, third. you can't really find any really good information on right. that. It's two sides of the fence. Like, no, 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 no. It's always clitoral. I was telling some of the boys, too, is like, you can have an orgasm without even touching yourself because that's how hard the brain is. Yes. The People orgasm loop. There's a fantastic book called The Orgasm Loop. And it teaches women through visualization and circulating um, what I call, some, some of you may know the word kundalini. It's this energy know. in the body that through visualization and contracting oh. the pelvic floor with this visual yoga, people will know what this right. is. And it's the circulating of energy. Women have orgasms that way right. without ever being touched. It's yeah. crazy. The orgasm loop. Fantastic. The orgasm loop. The orgasm loop. Girls read it. Girls read Who it. Who needs a guy? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so another question was about squirting. We're yeah. gonna go back to squirting. Mm -hmm. You know how like some people can make their tongue go like this and some people can't? Uh -huh. Is that the same thing with squirting? 
Some people can and some people actually can't. Sherry Winston's book, you know, she, I I love her. She's, um, again, you'll read several things because Mm -hmm. it's maybe what, 6% of people that can really actually do it. It's like 11 or something. Yeah, small percent. That have ever done it once. Small percent. But yeah, all the porn stars can do it at first. She would say absolutely every time. It's just a matter, are you igniting the entire arousal system? If most people are just getting on with business and having intercourse, that is not sex. Right. It's called intercourse. (laughs) It's called intercourse. It's called intercourse. (laughs) Um, You're not, and if that's all the experiences, you're not even igniting the entire arousal system. So, you know, I don't think we really know. Like, right. what would the number be? What right. what percent right. you would see it these be? numbers all over, like, how many people actually organize them? I mean, I think with sex and pretty much, like, sexology in general, all the numbers are all over the board. They're all over the board. All over the board. Yeah, it's so, you know, I think that that's a hard thing to measure. I think the more important um, real question we have mm-hmm. to be asking, am I into this? Am <laughs> I enjoying it? Yeah. Am I like present? Right. Is is my experience in this? Have like, I taken really? seven shots of tequila? Yeah. Like, <laughs> which will numb yeah. the hooch. Hooch, it's like, hooch. Why? But why? Why? If you're if it's your like lips on dick. your mouth are numb, the yeah. other lips are numb. Don't you can't bother going like in. <laughs> right. Like save yourself for the morning. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think the oh yeah the next question was. With married people, what is the sexual disconnect there? Because mm. I had this this one woman who said, I've been married for 10 years, mm. and it has been going downhill Absolutely. ever since. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. obviously you mm-hmm. do therapy with couples. So what are you, what are you finding? What do you yeah, see a lot of? Yeah, so there's a Woody Allen, for those of you who may know him, the actor, mm-hmm. he said, yeah. familiarity breeds contempt. Okay. Right? Right. And so sex is like opening Pandora's box. Everything mm-hmm. comes out, how you communicate, if right. you did the dishes in the morning, mm-hmm. if you took care of the kids, if you took the trash right. out. Um, That's the real if foreplay. If you've worked for 12 hours right. that day, um, if you're stressed. I mean, there's just so many variables, right. so many variables. And so Helen Fisher, who wrote um, uh, many books, she's a Rutgers University mm-hmm. sexologist, anthropologist. Mm-hmm. Um, she coined a term, the love map. So the love map, we have three distinct, and they're all mm-hmm. um, based on neurology, okay. so neural hormonal functioning in the brain. Mm-hmm. There's romance that mm-hmm. sets off a certain network. Right. There's lust that sets, mm-hmm. off, uh, sets off a certain network. Um, and then there's attachment. Okay. Sometimes these couples, attachment is oxytocin. It's bonding. Right. It's what happens when you breastfeed. Right. It's what happens when, when you, you give your cuddle yeah. and you give your best friend a hug. Yeah. It's not sexy. It's not sexy after a while, oh, yeah. so you're, you don't feel horny. You need yeah. dopamine, right? right? You need the lust. <laughs> right. So the, the, the trick becomes how are couples you know, bringing in romance? How are they bringing in lust? How are they bringing in excitement? Right. And, and then having attachment. Right. If one of them is too much for those couples that are just into a lot of romance, mm-hmm. but they're not attached, right. you'll begin to come. How do you dis- attach? 
attachment yeah like how do you find that attachment mm-hmm. between each mm-hmm. other because i feel like the romance is in the lust is almost easy or yeah the, the romance part is almost easy to understand because you see all of these couples I, I swear they just are lazy but they're also busy so we stop changing things in the bedroom we stop getting dressed up for one another Absolutely. and making it exciting and we're just mm-hmm. complacent, complacent. With, i look like shit every that's day. called attachment i'm just right. i'm like complacent okay I, I, it, it doesn't matter anymore right so there's a real sense that your partner your Self right. isn't important, right. nor is your partner. Right. Right. So, you know, it's a lot of finesse. We're busy people. Right. And it either becomes important or, or it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> you do it right. or you don't. Right. There's no it's gray work. area. To me, it's like binary. Right. You do or you don't. Right. There, it's the, work. The, it is work. You know, you always say, oh, relationships are work. But then you also hear, oh, if it's gonna if it's gonna work out, it's gonna be easy. But I mean, no, you no, can't no, go no, through no, your no, whole no. life and expect not to put anything no. into your marriage yeah. or your relationship yeah. and expect it to yeah. work. Yeah. My, my, my son's, uh, elementary school principal always used to say hard work pays off (laughs) (laughs) it's that way in sex hard work pays off you know I I think of that mantra for couples and I think you know everybody wants to sit back and think that they're going to have this great sex life without working on it right yeah that's bullshit you there you have to engage our body is an amazing pharmacopoeia there's Mm -hmm. so many great amazing drugs in it right one of them's dopamine one of them serotonin one of them's oxytocin it's secreted when you have an orgasm, right? right. You have to engage the pharmacy. You have to. Which one? Oxytocin. Oxytocin. Yeah, not <laughs> too much. Yeah. Not too much. Not too much. Not too much. You want the right amount, right? Because then you'll just become so attached that you'll right. be sitting around in your pajamas at night thinking you're sexy. When maybe you're not. <laughs> so why doesn't anyone think I'm sexy? I'm hot as shit. <laughs> I hope other people think we're funny because I think we're hilarious. <laughs> we could just keep going I for know. a long time. We're I not know. even drinking. I know. <laughs> Proud of that. Like, yeah, we're not drinking. We're cool. <laughs> so incorporating all those things, I think, for for couples mm-hmm. is like the main part and actually putting in work. Mm-hmm. We tell them that all the time. But remember, but, people have their love language. So a right. guy hearing sometimes romance, yes. like... Like I take out the trash. Right. I did the dishes for her. Right. That feel and that could be an act of service and they right. feel like that was romantic. Right. But if she's thinking flowers and dinner and a movie right. are romantic, people mm-hmm. are on two different pages. So right. it's really establishing five love languages. We yeah. haven't we haven't really gone over that, but we'll probably do a whole whole oh, podcast about that. Uh, what mm-hmm. is it, Gary Chapman? Yeah. Wrote five love languages. It's I, I don't think it's the key, but it's a huge Yeah, it's a tool, right? right? It can be a tool. It can right. be a really useful tool, especially right. When you're seeing romance, right. what one person, what one you know, man or woman right, right, has right. thinks person, is romantic, yeah. one person right. thinks it's romantic, and the other one doesn't. Right. You can actually create a language that they can go, "Oh, I get that now." It's yeah. how they're wired, right. and if somebody's wired that way, you can't really probably change it. Right. So, right. We show other people love how we feel it. Yes. So if you're, if you know, if I'm showing, if I'm giving you words of affirmation, words of affirmation, and you're like, I'm more of a gift thing. Like you could give me like a, right. a nice note or mm-hmm. you know some. Thing, yes. And you feel completely disconnected from me, but I'm like, oh, but look at all the, the right. things I've been doing well, for you. Well, that's the ledger system that couples right. begin to keep on each other. They right. literally will say, well, I did this, did it, and they can just list them off and right. list them off. And they're, like, and they're not even hearing the other person, right? right? Because they don't have that same love language. Yeah, and you're that's speaking that Spanish tool. to me, and that's I don't right. know Spanish. That's right. right. That's right. Um, can we talk about the uh, the difference between what how men feel? What's the arousal circle? How women need 
Is it desire to feel right, sex? right, right? This, it's, yeah. So when what is that one when called? when Masters and Johnson first developed yes. the human sexual response cycle, right. they said we have desire, mm -hmm. arousal, orgasm, resolution. Right. Right. Well, guess what? Women don't need resolution. They can be multi-orgasmic. So we can right. take that one away. So Sherry Height in the '70s, when she looked at female sexual arousal, mm -hmm. she said, "Wait a second. You know, when women have actually procreated, mm -hmm. or they've had their babies, right. or they're going through perimenopause, menopause, right. or they've got PMS or whatever, mm -hmm. they actually need to have arousal first. They need to be aroused, right. then they get desire. Right. So women can be more. It's arousal first, like then yeah. desire, and then orgasm, mm -hmm. and then arousal, and right. then desire, and then orgasm, right. and they can just repeat that cycle." over and over. Well, basically, you need to be touched and you need to be stimulated before you actually want sex. Absolutely. Whereas and men, yeah. they want it now yes. and they, they get that first. Yes, and here's the thing that men think because early in a relationship when we are operating off chemistry, right? Mm -hmm. We get 18 months to three years of free yeah, chemistry. Like dopamine, average of two boom, years. Boom, boom, boom. Yep, yeah, average of two years. Yeah. So the dopamine is happening for them. Right. And men will say, oh my God, my wife used to be so horny or my girlfriend used to be so horny and now right. it's been two, three years and she doesn't want me anymore. Well, it's just that that's just the way it is. Yeah. You've got to turn her on. Right. You've got to arouse. Then is her desire because right. they'll often feel very rejected. Right. Do you ever tell women, get into it first, even though you don't want it and you're tired and whatever, like, you know, start having sex and then you'll want it. I mean, you know, obviously marital rape, but we're... Yeah, you know, I think that can be a slippery slope, you know, right. because again, sex is Pandora's box, right? And right. there can be so many issues in the relationship mm -hmm. that that feels intrusive and not mm -hmm. safe. Right. So that's remember, what I'm saying. Marital always... rape is like... Ugh. Yeah, right? right? You know, you're my wife or you're my girlfriend. You're supposed right. to have sex with me. And um, you're just doing it and you know you don't want it, but someone yeah, told me I should do this. So yeah, I always say you're painting, you're painting the ceiling blue, ladies, yeah. right? It's like blue. <laughs> Purple, maybe. Yeah. You know, you're painting the ceiling instead yeah. of enjoying what you, you know, could right. be enjoying. Right. So... I think it's a I think it's a big demand to say mm -hmm. that you know to women and put this on women that you should just let them touch you and you'll eventually right. get into it right. because it's so multifactorial. Right. Well, because someone will hear that and take it completely out of context. Yeah, you're like, no, that's not what we meant. Right, <laughs> and then they're feeling guilty, line. and yeah. then they're just they're re-traumatizing themselves right. with you know what's wrong with me? Why right. don't I? So you know, I, right. I I don't have really set rules. I think mm -hmm. it, at all. I don't, and I think that's the hard thing around sex. Right. Each individual couple mm -hmm. is individual couple right. because they can have sex with other people mm -hmm. and have a total different experience. Right. Exactly. So the same rules don't apply from one couple to another, okay. one person to another. Right. You have to really get in and understand where are they coming from? Mm -hmm. What's the relationship like? How are they communicating? Right. I, I heard this one time and I don't remember who it was, but I love it. It's foreplay happens after the last orgasm because <laughs> <laughs> we find this disconnect where the husband We'll just say, because this is usually how it happens, I guess. The woman's in the house, raising the kids, doing all this stuff, feeling like she doesn't have any help. So you start actually resenting him. Obviously, it can be in other ways than just that. But if they're not being a good partner outside of the bedroom, you don't want to have sex with Absolutely. them. And I don't say men should just help out and be, be nice people just so that they can get sex. But if they actually tried at other parts in their life, she actually might want to have sex with you Absolutely. because of this desire mm -hmm, mm -hmm, cycle mm -hmm, that's going mm -hmm. on. Well, and I always tell women, here's the deal. You know, we are supposed to be, you know, fit, mm -hmm. sexy, right. great in bed, right. amazing mothers, right. work 50 hours a week, yeah. bring home money, mm -hmm. cook really good in the kitchen, right. clean the house. Yeah. You know what the guys do? 
go to work. They and- go to work. <laughs> they come home. Dinner's waiting for Sit them. Sit on the Kids couch. Are taking- <laughs> so, you know, there's a huge demand. And so I think right. putting this demand on females over right. sexuality, I, I tread really lightly on that. Right. Well, and women are starting to have more jobs in society and we're starting to work more and we're having kids later Mm -hmm. and we're actually kind of tackling our careers and our dreams in that kind of way. But you often don't see the men also mixing their roles of helping out around the house Mm -hmm. and helping Mm -hmm. with the kids. We just have to have a better implementation of both doing each other's roles. More egalitarianism. Teamwork. Yes, teamwork. Egalitarianism where there's, if we're looking for you know, partners to both be working, then Mm -hmm. the distribution of what's happening in the home has to be divided as well, right? Right. Exactly. So that resentment, because Mm -hmm. resentment will kill the relationship. It's one of, you know, John Gottman's The Four Mm -hmm. Horsemen. It's, it, resentment, you know, it's the close cousin of contempt and you don't want to sleep with the person you have contempt for, right? If you don't like the person, like we were talking about this the other day, if you don't like the person, Mm -hmm. you don't want to have sex with them. Absolutely. You don't like who they're becoming Mm -hmm. or how things are going outside. That doesn't make you want to have sex with them. And that's why telling a woman, just let them touch you Mm -hmm. when you have contempt, when you have resentment, when things haven't been done, you know, you have to know the whole story. Right. You need to fix the actual problem, right? Not yes. just... Oftentimes when you don't want to have sex, there's a, there's a problem. Yeah, there's Outside a reason for it. Right. There's, a, there's, there's a reason. A, there's a reason. Right. Women have to... You know, there's a book called um, The Body Keeps the Score. Mm-hmm. The body is a processing center. It's right. like, I call it an antenna. It mm-hmm. receives all this data all day long. And we have to begin to pay attention to what's the body saying. Right. Right. What is the body saying? What is it telling you? So when you respond to your Exactly. When you right. mindfully attend to mm-hmm. your body sensations and understand what's happening, you can communicate it. And, right. and maybe that's where the connection can start. It. Right. But people actually have to be receptive. In. I think that's why therapy helps so much. Exactly. you're actually... It's, you're it's getting... mostly women that go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'll tell you, you know, all the years I've done my job in, in sexuality, um, Men, that is one place they will initiate um, a call to get help. Really? It's sex. Oh, so, yeah. You know, Anything with th- sex. A therapy session mm-hmm. of just, you know, talking about, like, your feelings or right. whatever. Women will often go, right, right. To, the, to the counselor. Right. But for sex counseling, so it's often... your dick doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, or you're not getting laid, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, there's a big problem All here. Hell it's loose. kind of like if the bank account, if there's a problem in the bank account, <laughs> men will often really put a high alert on right. that, right? So it's actually kind sex of funny. and money, it's they sex, go together. Sex and money. They sex go and together. Money. They always are together. Um, okay, so before we wrap up, because Sherry's getting what you, degree in functional medicine? Functional medicine. Is that what we yeah, call it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's Integrated like, functional medicine. It's this new thing, which is so cool, but do you have any functional medicine advice for people that are having trouble having orgasms? Is there any? Well, you know, because, I, because we are... Um, <laughs> a holistic being, right? right? We're not compartmentalized to a vulva or a penis, mm-hmm. right? Our nutrition matters. Mm-hmm. Our stress management matters. Who right. we're connecting with matters. Mm-hmm. How many hours a week we're working matters. So right. it's comprehensive. It's looking at how's my nutrition? Mm-hmm. You know, how is my stress level? Um, who am I hanging around? It's doing right. this, you know, sort of courageous inventory of one's right. life and saying, you know, I need to change some of these things. As long as we're eating shit food, um, our bodies, you know, I it goes into your sex life. It goes in, it goes into the sex life, everything. Um, and it's why weight is such an epidemic in our country, right? right? Ob- obesity, 33%, overweight, right. 77%. Right. 
our food matters. And I always say food's binary. Mm -hmm. It's poison or it's medicine. And if it's poison, we're going to take all the good juice from Mm -hmm. the inside of our cells and we have to get this shit out of our body, right? Right. So we have to look at food, nutrition, is a primary prevention, I think, in sexuality. With anything in life. With anything. Well, it's a full thing. In Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you have to get the physical before you can get, Mm -hmm. you know, the sexual and the connection. Mm -hmm. But everything has to kind of work in order to feel good and actually want sex and get those like higher brain processes going. Yeah, and people want to like segment their life out, right? That mm-hmm. they're, that the sex is, something's wrong with the sex, so let's just take care of the sex. Mm-hmm. It's not just about that. It's the cascade downward. Mm-hmm. And so right. we have to look at upstream, what's happening right. upstream right. inside the body. And is there any supplements or anything? Oh, there's a lot you can there take. Is. There's, yeah, okay. I think that that would be a compre- you know, that's a real comprehensive because every an individual, right? Oh, Again, okay. it you all have comes to look at individual, and that's the beauty of it as well. It's not, right. it's not a one size fits all that most of conventional medicine has been. Mm-hmm. Right. Know, we have to look at the individual, just right. like the individual couple that comes in, right. um, or the individual person that's talking about something around sex, mm-hmm. because we have to approach it. You know, just for that person. Right, right. Okay. Oh, yeah, we had one more. How long should you wait to have sex with someone? Oh, God. Uh, I know. Well, you know what it, a loaded people, question. I, that's a, such a loaded question. <laughs> Tight, you're married. Yeah. <laughs> that's a god. Ten says. years. <laughs> Do you have, uh, like, would, I know uh, that there was something. It's like you're supposed to be in love you're supposed to go past that two-year mark or something. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of theories. I'll tell Crazy. you my, I'll, you know, I'm only going to my own theory. Here's, I'm going to tell you my own theory, my own <laughs> philosophy. You know, I think when people are like, um, if it's a, if it's somebody you want to be with, mm-hmm. And you think, oh my God, I met the person I want right. to spend my life with. Right. You know, that's an important person. Right. So why do you have to put out the good so fast, right? right? Get to know them. Be their friend because Be here's the friend. deal. If we're opening Pandora's box and we look at most sex st- statistics mm-hmm. amongst couples, they're terrible. And who right. wants that? 50%. We, can't, we can't keep repeating the same mistakes. Right. And if you look at your own life and say, wow, you know, I'm usually in bed by the third date, which mm-hmm. is the average, yeah. you know, so, Gotta wait till the and third it's day. not, and it, and you haven't developed a friendship and, mm-hmm. and it, that does matter. Young right. people may not want to hear that, but it does matter because safety issues begin to come up. Meaning right. that if somebody over time does not feel safe and secure in that relationship, mm-hmm. they're going to shut down over time sexually. So right. build a safety net first. Right. Feel comfortable. Right. Know that this person has your back. Right. Know that you can talk to them and communicate with them about your sexual needs. Right. If you can't talk about your sexual it's needs, then how does what the hell are you having sex for? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, especially with somebody you think might be um, a long-term your person. Right. Person. Right. Yeah. And I always tell girls, what do you plan to get out of this? Right. <laughs> do you just plan to get off? Then go for it. Do right. your thing. Dine whatever. Yeah, dine and dash <laughs> it. Make them take you out to nice dinner. Whatever. Um, but if you actually want to pursue things, you Absolutely. know, build that foundation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of what people tell me too is, well, I'm kind of scared because sex is so important in my relationships and 
with each other that I'm scared to build that foundation. And then what if the sex life sucks and I just gave, you know, how much time of my life? Yeah, to me, whatever. three months is not a big deal. Right. Three months is not right. a big deal. And years, and, I mean, it depends on what, what you think is a waste of time or what how much you want to. Yeah, here's the thing. First of all, Helen Fisher would say sex is never casual. It's never casual. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you start bonding with that person and mm -hmm. they're not the person for you anyway, right. you're bonded to them and you'll stay longer. Right, right. So it doesn't, it, it, it's a backwards way. theory. Right, right, right. It's right. a backwards theory. When it's you have a the friendship, balance. when you develop a friendship and you feel really connected mm -hmm. and the sex isn't that great the first time, mm -hmm. work on it. Right. Give yourself a, a limit on maybe compatibility there isn't going to work. Right. Um, but you're, you have a friend that you can talk to to get out of the relationship. Mm -hmm. But when there isn't good communication right. and your bodies are now kind of addicted to each other because right. that's what happens in sex. Right. It's an addiction, right? Right. You have a much stickier mess to get out of. Right. We can all look around the world and see those friends or even ourselves right. that have done this. Mm -hmm. Yes. It didn't work. Stop doing what doesn't work. Right. Do something that works. Right. Do something different. Yes. I don't know. If it's not working, stop doing it. Yes. So I yeah, I say I'm like, just find the right time for you when you think it's three months or whatever or however many dates and you're pretty confident that you guys have a solid friendship there and trustworthy, then fine, go for it. You mean you don't have right. to wait five years to do it and right. then say the sex was terrible, we don't meet up, there's no going back yeah. and you didn't waste five years of your life, right. but maybe that's something that's important to you to wait and so mm -hmm. five years is okay with you. Right. And the thing is, if you can talk about sex really well in the first month and mm -hmm. you feel really connected, maybe that's your maybe that's your go ahead. Right. But, right. but if you're not if you talking, can't talk about if you can't talk about it, you're, you're, it wouldn't matter if it was really great because eventually if you still look at most people's sex life, it, it, it goes down yeah. the pot, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's not even working. So yeah. it's a weird theory for right. people to talk about. Right. Like, well, you know, um, what if it's not great after I meet them all? Well, sex for a lot of couples after a few years isn't that great. Yeah. Dr. Lindsay Doe says you have to try everything sexual six times, including your partner to know if you like it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, interesting. Number six. That's, yeah. That's number six. That's She's like, that goes off no research, just my own uh, yeah, and we develop that. Thing. We yeah. develop that over yeah. time as clinicians because right. we begin to see. Right. You've seen so many you damn people. You see so many people and you begin to to kind of, if you're a really great observer mm -hmm. and you can observe people right. and you watch them. You're analyzing. You're, yes, and you're giving homework to them and they're mm -hmm. coming back and telling you about it. You make your own conclusions. Right. That's what medicine's been all about. Right. You, you recognize patterns right. that make a diagnosis, right. right? Exactly. So we recognize patterns and say, Huh, maybe we should try this. Yeah. And often it works. Right. So exactly. yeah, I think that the three month mark, mm -hmm. I think it works. Really? Yeah. From just what you've seen? Absolutely. But, and, but I also think there's some people that can open up super fast. Like for me, I'm an open book. If I'm with someone for three months, I know everything about them. I've told everything about me. And that's just honestly mm -hmm. how I am. And I Are they doing the same thing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. I feel like it's reciprocal. I'm not like, here's my life story. Here's everything about me. You know, uh, I feel like- What is your life story? I know, right? <laughs> uh, let's tell everybody. <laughs> but I think there's some people that are really slow to open up. You know, mm -hmm. they, they can't say mm -hmm. anything yeah, so besides my favorite color pink. Think about yes. sex. If you're slow to open up, right. 
and talk about something. Imagine then sex isn't that great the first time right. and they're slow to open up. Right. Chances are they're going to close down more. Exactly. Because everybody knows when you don't have good sex, right? Oh, yeah. All the Although time. Although guys usually might report something. Yeah, we just right? we're just talking about that. We're like, that. if you ask guys if they have good sex, they're like, what, all the time or yeah, something? Yeah, and then, in, right. And then, oh, and yeah, then, every, and then girls are go, eh, one or two people. And, yeah, and every woman I've been with has an orgasm. <laughs> and, and women are saying, no, I fake it. Yeah. Which that's what the data shows. Yeah. Women often fake. Fake orgasm, orgasm, right? <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, I think that's a really right. great example. If somebody's right. opening up and the other person isn't, and then you have a sex problem, right. chances of solving it are probably pretty slim. The chemistry is there, or it isn't. Yeah. And, and well, I say that lightly because you can work on it, right? right? right. We talk about working right. on it, but. right? You've heard this story. You've heard the about the research study with T-shirts, college um, boys with their T-shirt. Wait, no. Okay, so here's what a, is here, here's something. Here's what you could do, gals. Okay. So there is a study about they they took. 10 couples. Okay. Um, they took the t-shirts off the guys mm -hmm. and they gave them to the girls to smell. Oh, and the girls, I have of course, heard. smelled their boyfriend's yes. body odor yes. and they like it. So here's yes. the deal. If you're worried about sex, put your nose in his armpit. If you like the way he <laughs> smells, chances are sex might be good. Right? That's so true. That's why girls like keep after they're, you know, broken up or whatever and you want to mourn. And they want to keep their t-shirts because they, they like, like the way it smells. Yeah, this is old. You this is olfactory nerve. This and is you just, this is evolution at its best. That's hilarious. We don't pick too. our partner, by the way, right? There's right. something unconscious that right. if we could choose love, most of us might choose have chosen someone else, right? right? <laughs> so it, it, we don't choose it. It's an unconscious right. process. So and it's probably why most people don't Right. Wait, right. because the we get hijacked. Right. You know, we start get the first kiss and right. we're off and running. So uh, the moral of this podcast is smell your guy's armpit <laughs> before you have sex with him. <laughs> That's right. And if you like it, <laughs> you're you could good be the to one. go. And if, and if you like it, ask him to smell yours. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> the I think we rule. just solved something, we, right? Oh, my gosh. But it doesn't mean you'll have an orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> you still have to do other things about That's that. Right. That's right. All right. Well, I think that was all the questions, really, because right. a lot of them are kind of the same. Yeah. People having the same issues. So yeah. thanks so much oh, for coming really on the fun. podcast. Oh, this was so fun. Women Against Taboo. Women Against Love Taboo. It. Talking Love it. all about it. Love it. Does it ever get